Today's date is December 31st, 2023. We are reading from the big book of AA on page 89, the entire page, starting with practical experience uh, through the end of the paragraph, perhaps you're not acquainted. Naomi will be our reader, followed by a 20 minute share by Kim G. Okay, Naomi. Okay, <laughs> I was trying to unmute myself and I could. Good morning, family. I'm Naomi, a recovering compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. Chapter seven, working with others. Practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. It works with it works when other activities fail. This is our 12th suggestion. Carry this message to other alcoholics. You can help when no, no one else can. You can secure the confidence when others fail. Remember they are very ill. Life will take on new meaning. To watch people recover, to see them help others, to watch loneliness vanish, to see a fellowship grow up about you, to have a host of friends. This is an experience you must not miss. We know, we know you, we not, I'm sorry, we know you will not want to miss it. Frequently contact with newcomers and other and with each other is a bright spot of our lives. Perhaps you are not acquainted with any drinkers who want to recover. You can easily find some by asking if few doctors, ministers, priests, or hospitals. They will be only too glad to assist you. Don't start out as an evangelist or reformer. Unfortunately, a lot of prejudice exists. You will be handicapped if you arouse it. Ministers and doctors are competent, and you can learn much from them if you wish. But it happens that because of your drinking experience, you can be uniquely useful to other alcoholics. So cooperate, never criticize. To be helpful is our only aim. Thank you for allowing me to do service and I pass. Uh, thank you so much. And um, Kim will take it away. Thanks, Darcy. And sorry, guys, we had a mix up with the uh, the speaker. So unfortunately, you're gonna have to hear me two weeks in a row. I apologize for that. Um, but my name is Kim G and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey Intergroup. And uh, very grateful to be here and starting out the new year, last day of 2023. And we're going to be talking about the whole purpose of the 12 steps is was to get us to that 12th step where we can start carrying this message. Um, so I have two little things I've written down in the front of the chapter, which I want to share. One is from this gentleman, Kent C. He's an AA speaker from Ohio. And he was talking about this chapter and he said, you know, I'm often asked how many people am I sponsoring? And my honest answer is about half of them because half the people aren't doing what, what they're being asked to do. And, and that's, that's my experience as well. You know, um, we can make all the suggestions in the world, but if, you know, if people aren't willing to do the work. So if you are at step 12, this is a great chapter to be studying, but even if you're not at step 12, you know, when we're going through this chapter, ask yourself if you are sponsorable, you know, when they're talking about the work there, are you willing to do that work? Um, and the other thing that I just read this from a, from a spiritual book the other day, and it's talked about smooth sailing can lull me into a stupor of self-sufficiency. 
And what that tells me a lot of times is, you know, and people tell me, you know, I, I'm afraid to sponsor. I would be afraid not to sponsor. The way that I stay sober is by carrying this message. The way I keep this work current is by teaching people the work. And a lot, we get all these wonderful promises um, through these steps. And a lot of times what happens, well, I, I got this. We go into Bill's story, you know, of um, I have arrived. Um, and that lulls us into this, this complacency. And if we're not actively working with other people, we're screwed. So it says that in this first sentence here, practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with alcoholics. If the work I'm doing with other compulsive overeaters is comfortable, I usually kind of get a little bit nervous because it should be intensive. I should be uncomfortable carrying this message. Um, there's a gentleman, um, I can't remember his name, Ernie Kurtz. He wrote a, well, actually, not Simon Trill. So he wrote a book on AA. He's a historian. He's not writing as an alcoholic and he's not writing it as talking about alcoholism. He wanted to write historically about AA. And I found it was fascinating. He talked about the fact he felt the reason it grew in the beginning was because it was during the Great Depression. And a lot of these guys were out of work. So they had the time to intensively work with others. He talked about the, the, the growth in the 1940s and he felt hey, that had a lot to do with World War II. A lot of these guys were drafted and put to different parts of the country. So the AA message was able to go to different parts of the country. And one of the things he said, which really hit me was, he feels the first 100 get way too much credit. And that is in the failures that AA learned the most. It was the people that didn't make it that learned the most. So sometimes I like to flip it to the sentences. So I like to read this first sentence as practical experience shows that those that do not work with others do not stay sober. And that's my experience. And that's my experience, thank God, observationally, right? Um, I Again, this is working with others. Heard another AA speaker. This is not working on others. It's not working against others. It's not working at others. It's working with others. And that's one of the reasons I love the language of the big book. Because for me, again, my experience when I came into OA in the 90s, um, what was a sponsor? You know, I was told to find someone who has what I want and ask him or her how he or she was achieving it. What I did was I looked for the skinniest girl with the cutest boyfriend because that's what I wanted. I wanted to be thin and I wanted a boyfriend. Right. Um, and when I was sponsoring or I was looking for a sponsor, what I was looking for was a diet buddy and a life coach. You know, how many times was I telling people? how to raise their children when I've never had children or who to date when I would have, when I'm still at, at 50 at 56, I'm still having never been married and I'm telling people how to handle their marriages. So that was exhausting, right? Cause so when I came, became a student of the big book and all I did was had to teach them the big book, man, I can work with a lot more people, right? Because it's not about me giving you advice. It's about me showing you the book so you can get connected to a power. So you can get your answers from that power. You know, I often like to tell this little story. Um, uh, I'm a kid of the 80s, so I got my driver's license at 17 in the 80s. And I was working at a, at a mall in my Gunny Sacks Prairie dress and um, got my license in February. In March, I, um, which is cold and rainy, and I go out and then I have a flat tire. It's my dad's car. And I call my dad and he comes to the Morristown Mall. And he holds an umbrella above my head while I he makes me change the tire. 
And I am angry and humiliated as I'm sitting there in my gunny sack dress and people are walking out of the mall laughing at me. And I got home and I'm yelling at my father and my dad's a quiet man. And he waited till I stopped yelling and he looked at me and he cocked his head to the side and he said, Kim, my job as a father is to become unnecessary. And I have to tell you, that is my goal as a sponsor. My job as a sponsor is to become unnecessary. That my job is to teach you this material so you can get connected with the power. It's not about getting connected with me. Again, this is just my experience. Everyone's going to be different. This path is the same, but we're all going to have different personalities. So I want to kind of back up too. When it says working with others is think of that more globally. You know, one of the biggest complaints I get in OA is people don't return phone calls. Return your phone calls. You know, in this new environment, there's a lot. I mean, I'm running workshops now. I never would have done that prior to the to to um, you know to the pandemic. It's opened up opportunities that we can work with people internationally. You know, um, I if if you want to assume history, Clarence Snyder was a gentleman in Akron. I mean, in um, Cleveland, Ohio, that they got such a big influx. That's how they were carrying the message. They were running workshops. Um, because there was too many people coming in for the number of people that were recovered. So I'm kind of like embracing that so I can work with multiple people. Um, think about, you know, in this meeting, are you coming in 10 minutes late and leaving 10 minutes early and not checking the chat room and seeing who's saying I'm new and looking for a sponsor? One of the things I love about this meeting personally is we, at the end of the meeting, we have a beginner's meeting. It's a place where newcomers can ask questions, but also too, sponsors can come and find people to work with. You know, um, you know, so how can you work with others? You know, if if you don't have room to take on a sponsee and someone is new and they don't understand what abstinence is, offer to take them through the doctor's opinion. You know, maybe you're not taking them on full time. If, if somebody is confused about the fourth step, make an appointment to have, you know, share your experience, work, help them understand what the four column inventory is like. You know, be willing to take those 10 step calls when it's inconvenient. Um, if someone has questions about sponsoring. so. I work with a lot of people that I don't sponsor is what I'm trying to say. So how can we be a fellowship that we can work with people? Because again, how do I stay connected to my step one is by teaching step one. How do I stay connected to step two? Meaning I need a power. I teach step two. How do I stay, take, um, stay in touch with step three, which is telling me self-sufficiency is going to fail me over and over is by teaching step three. There's nothing, I mean, I haven't had a compulsive bite in almost 13 years. How do I keep that in my head? I do a step one workshop on Saturday mornings that keeps that in my head, right? When I'm working with people that are using the same bullshit excuses that I used over and over again, I'm reminded it's a bullshit excuse because otherwise that's going to come back in my head and it's going to seem like a rational decision. It's New Year's Eve. I can make that exception. It's organic. My mom made it for me. Whatever those excuses are, they'll start to make sense if I'm not working with people. Again, my experience, especially during the pandemic, when people were picking up and I was asking them what was going on, I don't ask people what's going on that day. What I say is what was going on two, three weeks ago. Often it's they stop sponsoring. And it's not because it's bad times. A lot of times it's because it's good times. Again, I, I came into OA to get skinny and get a boyfriend. When did I start letting up on the spiritual condition? When I got the boyfriend because the boyfriend became the God. I'm too busy with all this wonderful, you know, promises that the, that this program's given to me. I don't have time to help people. 
you know? So, so we have to stay connected in there and they have these promises here. Life will take on new meaning to watch people recover, to see them help others, to watch loneliness vanish, to see a fellowship grow about you. This is an experience you must not miss. You know, I don't, I don't know why I just, I just thought of this, but since this is a South Jersey intergroup meeting, there's a girl, Chelsea, that was in our intergroup. She passed away quite a few years ago, but I always remember this thing that we did together. Now I'm a Catholic school kid, right? 12 years of Catholic school. Chelsea was raised Southern Baptist and was a staunch agnostic. She was so, she so rejected that Southern Baptist stuff and was agnostic. Her God was Dee Dee, which was the divine, um, I can't remember what the, what the, what is short for, but it was like divine something or other. And we got a phone call from Westchester, New York, from these Orthodox Jewish women, and they wanted us to do a workshop. So on Memorial Day weekend, who on Memorial Day weekend would drive up to and do a workshop when you can be down the Jersey Shore? And we went up there, Catholic school kid, staunch agnostic, with a bunch of women that are Orthodox Jewish, and we went through the steps and it was the most glorious Memorial Day weekend I ever had where people that would normally not mix. But I got more of a high off of being in this group with my friend than I ever have down the shore eating, you know, cotton candy or whatever I did down the shore. Right. That's what we we, ha we have we, to watch people recover, to watch people wake up, to, to start out with someone who's crying. And then usually around step five, you start to hear them laughing, right? Because they're starting to they're starting to get unblocked. That's, don't don't miss that. Frequent contact with newcomers and with each other is the bright spot of our lives. Don't deny yourself of that, you know. And it is harder. We're going to have to adapt in this environment. You know, this meeting right now we have 186 people on here. How do we connect? You know, keep an eye on that chat room. You know, um, put your name in that chat room if, if you're new. Put your name in that chat room if you're a sponsor. I know sometimes what I would tell sponsees is when I was very active with vision for you is I would say, get them through the steps. And I said, go on that line. And I want you to offer to take people through the doctor's opinion and take five or six people. And everyone would panic. And I said, why I'm saying five or six people? Because of this next line, perhaps you're not acquainted with any drinkers who want to recover. I have to tell you, I'm acquainted with a lot of compulsive overeaters. I'm not acquainted with a lot who want to recover. I know a lot that want to sit in the rooms and, and cry and say, you know, want to hear, I love you till you love yourself. You know, um, that, you know, please help me with my husband or my job, but doing the work. So if you offer that doctor's opinion to six people, you're lucky if two say yes, and you're lucky if one gives you a call. You know, um, <clears throat> I have had that happen. I think in the last month I've offered doctor's opinion assignments or, or different things for step one to at least a dozen people to, to evolve. Now, a lot will call me. A lot will say they'll want to talk to me. A lot will listen to my podcast and they want to talk to the personality, Kim G, but do they want to do the work? No. And I just want to let you know in the projecting ahead when it says, you know, um, or is it like a, a easier, softer way? The easier, softer way is doing the steps. If you're not sure if you're going into this new year, write down what does your disease demand on you on a daily basis? And let me tell you, my disease demanded a lot more than my recovery did. 
I know when I had COVID a couple of years ago, I was really struck by the fact that I could not get up. I was two months. I was, I was totally knocked out and I'm hitting that snooze button over and over again. Cause I can't get up. And I realized, you know what? I hadn't hit the snooze button since I recovered. When the alarm goes off, I get up in my disease. I couldn't get up. I was either hungover from binging or I was so deprived by, by, by starving myself. Right. So it is the easier, softer way. Yes, it takes time to do this work. But again, what is that going to take out of you if you do that? Again, we're going to use our own skill sets. Again, I remember having a sponsee and she did this thing and she asked for people to do the doctor's opinion. And she and she got nine phone calls and got and I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to have to talk her off the ledge. What, and, then, and this was 10, 15 years ago. I'm going to have to talk talk her off the edge. And she called me up. She's like, Kim, I, I'm telling you what I'm going to do. I'm going to get a phone bridge. I'm going to take them all through up to step four. I'm going to see how many are left. And then I'm going to take them through the rest of the steps individually. And I'm like, wow. But then I thought to myself, wait a minute. She's a corporate trainer. Of course, that's how she's going to sponsor. She has that skill set. So what we're going to do is we're going to, we have a specific path again. But the question is, as our personalities are, how are we going to do it? You know, so if, when, you know, we are going to help the fellowship in general, but then ask questions to yourself. What, how can you be most effective? Again, for me, when I had a sponsor every single day, it made me sponsor dependent. So I only talk to my sponsees three days a week, or sometimes now it's twice a week. And because of my, I have a, I'm the married caregiver for my parents. So I can't sometimes commit to a schedule. So it works that way. Nothing wrong with every day, nothing wrong with three days a week. Nothing wrong with only face-to-face, -face, nothing wrong with, with phone or Zoom. The question is how you can be most effective. Get quiet. See, are you a morning person, afternoon person, evening person? I don't sponsor in the morning. I'm, too, I'm not a morning person. I sponsor in the evening because that's when I can pay attention the most, right? How do you want to handle the food? Do you want them to commit it on, um, you know, to uh, the email, texting, um, do you want to not deal with it at all? What about the tools? Do you want them to attend meetings, make phone calls? Because when it says, are you willing to go to any lengths? Everybody's going to say yes until you ask them to do something. But also too, from a sponsor's perspective, I think we need to give them a realistic idea of what we expect. Because then that that is what they're agreeing to. And also for me, again, what not to expect. I'm not someone you're going to call every day. That's why you're making phone calls. You need to build up that that um, the fellowship that grow about you, like this page is saying. But I am your teacher. That's the way that I approach this. When we have a when we have an appointment, you you can ask questions, and then we're in the work. I'm not here to tell you about your husband or your job or your kids. Build up that fellowship about you for that. And again, the way I described in the beginning, once I get people through the steps. They call me when they need me because I need to move to the next person because I need to continue to carry this message. I know people that had the same sponsor for 30 years. That's awesome, right? But that's that's not what works for me. What I have is mentors. I have a group of five or six women around me because to me, sponsorship is who took me through the steps. That happened 13 years ago. I now need mentors for the different things that are going on in my life today. Um but one, one way isn't right and one way isn't wrong. But I think it's important that we let the sponsor know if they're looking for someone to talk to every day, I'm not the sponsor for them. If they're looking for a lifetime relationship, I'm not the sponsor for them. So we have to be 
you know, honest about what we offer. And what's so beautiful about this fellowship is we have a variety of people that carry the message in different way. The message is the same so that we have, we can help more people. If everyone carried the message, just like I did, we have a very limited amount of people that we could help. Right. So thank God we have this diversity in this fellowship so that we can help more people. Um, it says here, um, it happens that because of our own drinking experience, we can be uniquely useful to other compulsive overeaters. How lucky are we? How lucky are we? That's why I'm a grateful compulsive overeater. I can help people in a way that doctors can't, psychiatrists can't, family members can't, best friends can't. Why? Because when they tell me what's going on with them, I can, I'm talking from experience, not from the book. I mean, not the big book, but I mean, from like a psychology book or something like that, that each of us is uniquely crafted to help people. And like, again, I can't help an alcoholic. I'm not an alcoholic. I can help a compulsive overeater, right? So that's why it's so important that we know who we are and who we can help. Um, and this was a spontaneous share. So I'm getting a little distracted and confused. Um, but I just want to encourage you guys, as we go through this chapter again, if you are, if you are going to, you know, on the beginning of working with, with others, great information on how you carry the message. But again, if you're on the beginning part, we're coming to the new year. We're going to get a lot of new people. As we go through this chapter, ask yourself, am I willing to do this work? Do I really have this problem is a big part. I'll end with this. This was the thing that I, I'm a math person. I'm an accountant. Doctor's opinion through working with others is 112 pages. The first four chapters, doctor's opinion, Bill's story, there's a solution more about alcoholism is all step one. It's 53 pages. Literally half the work is step one. That was a barrier to me. Step one to me was I'm fat and I don't want to be fat anymore. I'm no longer fat and I'm terrified of getting fat again. And as long as that was step one, my focus was just on the diet. My focus was just on being abstinent one day at a time, miserably, one day at a time trying to keep the food down. When I truly understood what I suffered from, and I'm a real compulsive overeater through those chapters, I was desperate, desperate for two through 12. And that line, seeking the solution with the desperation of a drowning man, I do that with sponsoring. The only way that I can continue to be contently abstinent is by helping other people find the solution that I was so generously given over 13 years ago. And with that, I pass.